You're listening to the One Man Show Network. Welcome to the Aaron Says What Podcast with your host, Aaron Weinbaum. Hey kids, welcome to the Aaron Says What Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Weinbaum, and today I am... uh, have another returning guest, Adam Hunter, and I'm just going to not waste any time. I'm going to get him on the phone right now. So bear with me. Hello. Adam Hunter, how you doing, man? Yeah, can hey, you hear how's it going? Hey, good. How are you? It's uh, Aaron Weinbaum from the Aaron Says What Podcast. What's up, buddy? Hey, not much. Sorry about the uh, time confusion there. Oh no, it's my fault. It's my fault. Oh okay, no, no problems, no problems. So, uh, listen, it's been a, it's been a minute since the last time we spoke, at least on the podcast. I got to see you in Springfield, Missouri, at the Blue Room Comedy Club, where you absolutely murdered it. But uh, a lot has changed uh, since the last time. Yeah, no, it was great seeing you and the wife, uh, beautiful wife. I'm always I'm always shocked whenever I'm here with you, <laughs> uh, but. No, it, it was it was really great seeing you, Aaron. Uh, you know, we've been friends for a while now, and uh, you're you're a good dude, very very funny guy. So uh, it was cool. it was nice you to come. No, it's awesome. That was a great date night for us. It's just about, I mean, where I live, there's there's um, we I don't live like in the mecca of Missouri, so I have to I have to make about that distance to do anything fun anyway. And that was a perfect date night. And my friend that was with me, we've been buddy since i was like nine so it was good to see him too it's a good thing he doesn't live by me or i'd probably be divorced nice. <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah now what is, what is the mecca of missouri by the way the mecca of missouri i don't know like uh anywhere but here i live in the town called rolla missouri so i am two hours from columbia missouri which you've been to i think you you did the voo didn't you yeah, yeah, yeah. and then uh st louis missouri and springfield they're all about the same distance from my house so I, I live wow. in it. How did you, how did you end up there? <laughs> well, my dad, um, my dad moved here from Chicago before I was born, and uh, he, you know, he had a good business opportunity. And then, yeah, I, I'm geographically in the wrong spot. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, but uh, I've made a nice, <laughs> I made a nice life for my family here, and they're they're growing up in a good place. And I actually got, oh, nice. I actually got my daughter just got accepted to Mizzou, so I'm excited about that. An excuse to go up there more often that's great man yeah hell yeah congratulations sir. thank you thank you thank you so uh i guess I, I i was not planning on talking about a whole lot of mma but there's some crazy shit happening right now there's a i, I don't I, i've been in my car so i've been away from the news for a little bit so there's a chance that kevin lee's not going to make weight he did he finally made it oh thank god wow yeah i mean he looked he looked definitely ill yeah but he did he actually, he actually, I mean, he was cut 19 pounds in one day and, all, and then he's like, but I'm going to eat tiramisu like a man. I'm like, Oh Jesus. <laughs> like, why, are you, why are you doing that? But he, he made it. Oh. He actually made it, which is, you know, I mean, he's going to come in like 25 pounds heavier tomorrow. I know. You know he's gonna, I mean, Ferguson's is probably going to be big too, but I think, I mean, Kevin should be about, I, I would say he's going to be a 180 by tonight. Wow. Yeah. But which isn't that? Which is not? I mean, that's not uncommon. When I when I used to wrestle, I used to gain about fifteen pounds, you know, by that night. He'll probably gain about twenty twenty five. Do you think? And uh, how do you think he's going to do now? I mean, that, obviously, it was a brutal cut, and it took almost that full hour to 
I guess to cut that final pound so that you're going to go against a cardio machine like Tony Ferguson. I mean, and you, you know, gotta, I mean, I think he'll be fine. I, you know, I think Kevin Lee is a great athlete. Um, as long as he doesn't get clipped. Yeah. That's really the, 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 the thing. I mean, his chin isn't, is he doesn't have the greatest chin in the world. Uh, but, but he's a great, he's, he's, he's a phenom. And I think he could out wrestle Tony. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think Kevin's going to win. Okay. All right, man. I, I, this is one of those ones I'm just going to stay tuned. I, I, you know, cause Tony always looks like he's about to get knocked out. Like Lando, I mean, Land, Lando was lighting yeah. him up with his feet, but then he just, he just always comes, it's just got that weird style. I, I don't know. It's just kind of the herky jerky thing. Yeah. No, Tony's great. I mean, he is a great, great fighter. I remember I, I watched him brutally beat up Josh Thompson live in San Diego. He's a, a murderer, yeah. but I, I think Kevin has this. You know, Kevin's one of those dudes that rises to the occasion too. You know, like he like in, in his two losses uh, to, to Ally Aquita, which he almost won that fight. That was his first yeah. UFC fight. He took up like a one week notice against that Jiu-Jitsu guy. You know, he just he wasn't really up for it. But every time it's been like kind of a bigger name fight, like uh, Chinaldo mm-hmm. and Chiesa, Kevin looks phenomenal, and I he 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 loves the attention. He just he loves the spotlight. Yeah, he's been talking so much, and I think he's gonna win. All right, man. I, I'm, I'm 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 almost tempted to go put some money on it. Yeah, you ought to. But, I mean, I wonder I wonder what the odds are now that he almost missed weight. You know, but, I mean, he was a like I think he was a minus two hundred, uh, and I, 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 I think he was like a plus one fifty underdog, but now it's probably a plus two hundred, so it's probably a true one. But I don't know. I still think he's. I just think he's gonna win. All right. I'm watching for sure. There's a few good fights on that deal, man. I, I want to see Black Beast and Verdum and, uh, well, shit, I guess it was almost Verdum and Tony Ferguson, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, look, if I, if I was going crazy, I was money on Ray Moore, yeah. Kevin Lee, and someone else and just try to get all the underdogs. But I don't know. That's a little too much. Ray Borg, I want Ray Borg to win, but that's tall down the climb. Um, the Black Beast is also going to be in it. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Verdum, Verdum, the Beast. But the fight that I wanted, one of the fights that I wanted to see was Nick Lentz versus Will Brooks, but that that fight's off. I know. Well, I mean, what would have happened if uh, Kevin Lee doesn't make weight? Let's say he he doesn't make the fight healthy. You know, that's happened before where a guy makes weight and then all of a sudden he's in the hospital. But, like, would Will Brooks be able to slide into that? That, that would have been cool. I, I doubt they would have given Will the interim belt, you know, opportunity. But, yeah, I mean, but, but I think maybe if it wasn't for an interim belt, they might have done that. Yeah. But not, but not for an interim belt. I mean, Will Brooks is coming off two losses in a row. Yeah, that's and all true. of a sudden he's the, all of a sudden he's the champion. That's just that's just, just kind of out of whack. Yeah, that would be out of whack. And then you got yeah, that was weird about Nick Lentz because he had even fought at one forty five before, but so he couldn't make one fifty five. I don't know. These guys just they ruin their bodies, man. I mean, you know. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they ruin their bodies. A lot of these guys. I don't know. I yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's. You know, I think a lot of these guys also like Nick Lentz, Kevin Lee, all of these Johnny Hendricks. Yeah. You know, they're, they're used to wrestling, college wrestling, where you got to make weight every week. Right. You know, so you really can't get that high, and your body can't really get that adjusted to even, like, the major weight they gain. But then when you have to make weight once every six months, you know, I, I think in your mind, you're like, oh, I, I can do that. I, I, I used to cut 20 pounds. Of, yeah, but it was different. You, you, yeah. you. You weren't like you weren't cutting thirty pounds every week, you know. Right. 
or if you were, it wasn't like, it's a, it's a different weight cut when you, I do it like every six months versus every, you know, whatever. So. Yeah, my dad, you know, he wrestled in college. He would just tell me these stories. Probably hold why on, I didn't wrestle. Actually, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm actually driving, I'm actually driving right now, so I gotta make sure I'm going the right way. Oh, shit. So, yeah. What's that? Uh, what were you saying? Oh, yeah, my dad was a college wrestler, and, uh, and uh, well, actually, he was a high school wrestler who got a scholarship to college, and then uh, they discontinued the program, but they still honored his scholarship. But he would say he would, you know, he would just cry off those final few pounds sometimes, and, I, and I, maybe that's why I didn't wrestle in high school. But I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> he made it a little I know, scary. but you're a big fan of the sport, and like, you, and like your kids are doing it. So yeah, that's pretty awesome. My kids are good. You know, I have uh, my two. My stepsons have been state champs. Uh, my seven year old son is getting into it. My 15-year-old son, who's he's really good at football. He's actually talking about wrestling in high school. He did it some when he was a kid, but he just – it was one of those deals, you know, like when you're a young dad, you you try to be kind of a little overbearing. I think I just about killed him from it, and I just – I laid off of him when it came to football. You know, all my kids are different. Some of my kids want me there every step of the way, and, you know, one of my kids, if I, if I say something to him, like, I'm trying my best, you know, I just got to walk away and let their coaches yeah. do their thing. And when you're young, you don't really realize it. But yeah, I mean, wrestling is one of those sports where it's like you can't – you know, put too much pressure when they're younger. Like, there's yep. a school that we were at called Chaminade, and they're awesome in middle school. I mean, they got, like, the kids are having 50 matches apiece every year in, like, middle school. Uh, to the point where, like, they almost, like, they're not allowed to wrestle in certain tournaments because there's too many matches for that season. Wow. But then in the high school, they just quit. Half the team quits. Yeah. Or they get burned out. Or, they, or, they, or they're not used to being pushed back because they're used to being the big fish and winning all the time. And all of a sudden, those other kids that were not that great in middle school because it was just brand new to it, they, they're getting good now because their bodies are getting different when they're in high school. So it's like you got to be really careful when you when, when it comes to children and wrestling because you can burn them out real quick. Oh, I know. And uh, and then they could just and, and then not ever hit, reach their potential of what they can do because you you made them wrestle five hundred times when they're seven years old. Yeah, and I see a lot of that around here too. You know. It's crazy, and hopefully I stepped away to where my son's going to do this now, my 15-year-old, because this is his first year of high school. He's hit puberty. He's got a girlfriend. He's got some confidence now, you know, so uh, it'll be right. interesting, and, and it's it's good. He's going to be with, like, the high school coaches and, and whatnot. It, I don't, it, for anyone that's never been to a wrestling tournament, man, especially when they're kids, it is a wild scene. It's people crying everywhere, parents screaming. Yeah, absolutely. I know. It's fun. It's hard as a coach, though, because it's like you got to be there for eight hours. Yeah. So the matches are a lot easier, you know, because it's like, oh, two hours and you're out. But you, when you got to spend eight hours with the kids, it's like, oh, there's your, there's your whole day. Man. So. But um, so I, I really wanted to talk to you about – we didn't really talk about comedy the last time we talked. And I, I kind of want to talk about that, that now because sure. – I, it's kind of selfish for me, but it, it's my podcast, so what the fuck, right? But uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that place in Springfield, you know, um, where, where you were just at, I think I'm going to try to do an open mic there because, I, I don't know, it's just kind of close enough to my home, but far enough from my home. And uh, I'm not really going to tell anyone I'm going to do it. I'm just going to I'm just gonna say I got up and did it, and I'll have someone record it probably for me. But, like, starting out with that, what do you what do you – What's your goal? Do you just try to do three minutes and get through that? Or what would you say? I mean, everyone has a different reason of starting out. Some people just want to do it because they did it. Other people like want to become a professional comedian. Right. And they want to be a pro at it. Other people just want to, you know, social. People just want to get free drinks at bars. And, <laughs> and there's not really a, a right or wrong way or, or like, it's not really a right or wrong way. I mean, I used to think like, oh, if you're not in it to be 
the greatest comic you can be, then you're wasting everyone's time. You're kicking up space time. And yeah. As I get older, maybe, I don't know, maybe California or marijuana or whatever. It's not as, as like that anymore. Um, you know, because I think no matter what, no matter what the reason you're doing it, and even uh, maybe take away the, uh, the reality stars or the Vine stars who are just doing it to make a quick buck because they really are taking stage time away from people that actually are working at it, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, there's no right or wrong reason and you're going to get something out of it no matter who you are or what you're doing with it. And so it's like... But if you want to get good at it, you ha- it's almost like jiu-jitsu where you can't do it once a month right. and expect to a black belt, you know, or, or, or once every year or twice. A, or, it's like you have to really do it, in my opinion, three or four times a week right. in order to be really good at it. Uh, you know, Aaron, you're a very funny person. Like, I, you, you, you're you a great writer. You write really funny jokes. You know, I mean, you obviously people like you and you're, you're a guy who lives in, you know, Bumblefuck, Missouri and you have, <laughs> you know, 10,000 followers or something on Twitter because yeah. of your midnight thing, you know? Yeah. But you're competing with people all over the world for that midnight. And that was a really smart show because they were like, okay, we'll get the fans involved. Yeah. They'll do all our writing for us for a lot of part and we'll give them no money. <laughs> and people will actually, it was just promote the show. It was actually kind of a brilliant strategy. Yeah. But, so for someone like you, um, it's hard though, because you have six kids and you have a wife and you live in, you know, wherever. But if you really want, but if you want to get good at comedy, you have to do it a lot. And the easiest way I would say to do a lot is open up your own comedy night, your own room. Right. Because then you're kind of in charge of the stage time and people come to you. It's not like, like, okay, you, if you have to drive two hours to Springfield and drive right. two hours home, it's, that's four hours driving that you're not with your kids and your wife and everything right. else. It's like, okay, where are we going with this? But if you go to your local, you know, 7-Eleven, uh, your local coffee shop and say, hey, I want to run a comedy night here, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised how many people come out of the woodwork and come to you. That's what I, that's what I did. Like, when I moved in the, and lived in New York, I was, first time I was giving out, I was bringing, it's like doing bringer shows. You had to bring seven people to do five minutes or whatever. And then I was doing barking shows and you have to stand outside on like the street corner and give out flyers to get right. people to come to the show. And none of this you're getting paid for. Finally, I just kind of wise up and I'm like, hey, I'm a pretty good people person. I'll just, I'll just have my own room. And, you know, I had all these great comics that were doing my room. And then I went moved to LA and I did the same thing. And that's what I'm doing now, even, even in LA. And after being on the Tonight Show twice, and the last comic standing, I still run a room in LA because number one, I'm always networking and you know, the people that come through my room are Damon Wayans Jr., yeah. uh, you know, uh, Dave Chappelle, Russell Pierce. I mean, this is a pretty big name, Alex Thomas, you know, Shang, you know, kind of pick Godfrey, you know, these big comics are kind of doing my room and a lot of the things that I get booked at and like in China or, or, uh, you know, all these, a lot, a lot of these, these like road gigs that I've done, right. like I've gotten that by doing uh, people's calling and seeing me there. So you kind of create the medium there. You kind of control the medium there. So I would say running your own room is pretty key if you want to get good at comedy early on and you don't want to drive five, six hours, four hours, whatever. Um, but I do think you have a really good writing skill. Thank you. And I, I actually don't think I, I like, no, you're a very good writer, you're very funny, you get comedy. You, you love comedy, so there's no reason. I just think that it, it's harder for you because you're, you know, kind of a middle-aged guy, you know, who's who has six kids and I'm like a wife. And yeah. So I would say go to a local 
hookah bar, coffee bar, dive bar, and run your own comedy night. Okay. That's really good advice. That's what I would do, that's what I would do if I were you. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I like I, I know I'm a pretty good writer, and obviously, you know, I, I, I've been picked up and published several places just just from you know just one line tweets and, and whatnot. And, and you were right. I mean, I was kind of wasting my time with the whole midnight thing, but it was just a competitive thing for no, me. No, it, it wasn't a waste of time. It wasn't a waste of time at all. It, it was it was something where you could see how good of a writer you were. I mean, yeah. it's never a waste of time. Really, it's never a waste of time. It's just a matter of like, uh, if you really want to become a comedian, or you or you really right. want to take it to the next level, or you want to give yourself a shot. You got to get up on stage, and I, I would say the biggest problem people have is they think way too much about it. Right. It's like it's like they they overthink it. They go, "Oh, I'm scared to death. I don't want to get on." The the moment freaks them out. Like I, I was way too dumb and young and stupid to even have those fears when I was younger. Right. I was like, "Oh, look at me here. I'll just do it." But so many people are just like scared to do it. But it's, it's like me saying, "Hey, you know, I want to be in the UFC, but I don't know if I want to." do jiu-jitsu or wrestling <laughs> or boxing or, or but, I, but, but I want to be in the UFC. Uh, well, you're never going to get the UFC if you don't go to jiu-jitsu class. It's, it's kind of thing for comedy. It's like you're never going to become a comedian if you don't get on stage. No, I, I agree 100%. And, like, and there are, you know, I have my go-to stories and jokes and it just depends on what group of people I'm around. I've emceed stuff, but sometimes I just wonder if I can do better than being like the funniest guy in the barber shop. You know what I mean? I just just you know one time, you know, three minutes, and, and see how good I do. And uh, you know, and then maybe later in life, if if it could turn into more, you know, where I have the time to like run a run a room and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, and we're like the Brady Bunch, yeah. but we're never fucking home. You know? <laughs> right, 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 right. No, I mean, I would definitely do it, man. I would definitely uh, go to the open mic and just just do it. You, you know, you're gonna literally have nothing to lose. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing that, that, that can be the problem is that you could, uh, you'll love it too much. Yeah. And then, and then you'll want to do it all the time. And then you'll get sucked into it. And then next thing I know, you'll be like a fucking guy who has, with like a beard that's like 50 pounds heavy and like <laughs> hanging out, with, you know, smoking weed and she yeah. pulls it like a comedy club because you, know, you fell in love with it. You hear it all the time. No, so I, that, that's actually like, you know, so. You know, I thought about that too. I'm like, I, I can't, it's got to be one of those things, right? I got to be able to leave it. I can't be like, I can do better than this. I can do better. Than this. I just don't have, you know, between my kids playing sports and work and my wife and, and, you know, all the people that, you know, are around me now, I, I know I couldn't be one of those things where I had to, you know, I could obsess about it and, and whatnot, but uh, it's just, it's just so intriguing to me. I mean, I, I've loved comedy my whole life. So I, I, I got to ask you, maybe we'll have the same idea. I think we have one idea on the same comic here, but like, Growing up, like who were maybe like the top three comics that you're like, oh shit, you know, I want to do this. Uh, I mean, Chris Rock is definitely like that, that. Bring the Pain special changed my life. I thought he was the, that about was the greatest special of all time. Oh, uh, wow. Andrew Dice Clay was really funny when I was when I was, <laughs> when I was younger. Yeah, Dangerfield, like it's timeless. You know, uh, Mitch Hedberg, another guy who's such a good joke writer that you're just like, wow, I can't believe how good those jokes are. Yeah. Um, I mean, those those four, I'd say, are, are like the, the best. I mean, my favorite comics of all time are like those four. Wow. I mean, that's funny because this is a generational thing because you're you're just a few years younger than me. So a, a lot of these 
guys came along like after I picked my favorites. Rodney is the one you and I have in common because that was like the first like clean humor I ever saw. Or I thought this guy was just hilarious. No idea, you know, obviously like how many jokes he wrote and how hard he worked and, and, and any of that. And then, okay, probably number two, just for shock value, there was a little v, uh, VCR tape going around called Eddie Murphy Delirious. And like we would bootleg oh, yeah. it and we would all trade it around. It was, that was like nothing I'd ever seen before. You know what I mean? And it was just, yeah, just no, a yeah. shock value. He, he, was, he was like next level. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's before Dice Clay and all that. And, and I remember Dice came out too. And that was really, really shocking also. And then probably like this tie for third and, and mostly I, I love Stephen Wright. I, I don't know why. I, I always have. I just that dry oh, humor. Stephen brilliant. I, yeah, he is, man. And, you know, I listened. He's pretty much been telling the same jokes forever, but like just his delivery and just his tone of voice and everything else. And then somebody I appreciated later, like in my life was Bob Newhart, just how dry he was, but how he could tell a story, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Those are all like legends. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like, that's like, uh, kind of like with rappers, you know, like this like new mumble rap. I don't, I don't get it. I, I mean, yeah, a couple, a couple songs here and there. I like, but like when I want to watch rap, when I listen to rap, I want to listen to like, uh, you know, uh, like the Wu Tang Clan, or uh, even like Cypher Till, or the Beastie Boys, or uh, Tribe Called Quest, or you know, <laughs> just like all these like uh, just amazing, you know, Tupac or yeah. you know, Biggie, and, and then now it's like a little Yachty or whatever the hell this is. These guys going around, I can't really, you know. I can't really get into it. And so same thing with comedy. Yeah. You know, you look at some of these like older comics, uh, Sam Kinison's and the George Carlin, the guys you mentioned, or, you know, even like the Robert Klein's or just, 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 you know, it's just a different, even, uh, that Joe Hicks or Dennis Cleary or these amazing comedians. Then these new comics are just like, ugh. you know, it, yeah, there's some of them that are good, but a lot of them are just like, it's just, there's just, um, so a lot of these, you know, some some are great. Uh, I'm not saying all. Yeah. Some are great, but there are a lot of comedians out there that just like they see where the trend is going, and they jump on the trend. Yep. You know, like that they see like oh, you know, Comedy Central is now into weird storytelling alternative comics, and they all become a weird storytelling alternative comic, and it's like almost like the exact opposite of what you know I think comedy should be, which is just finding your own voice, you know, yep. whether that's being a joke teller or a storyteller or, a, you know, an insult comic or, you know, whatever you do is, is just do you and hopefully you'll make it. Yeah. If you don't, it's just it's always some luck and things, but then there's like, uh, you know, but I mean, that, that, not, not saying there aren't some great comments out there. I mean, no, there are, there are a lot of great ones too. Like even like Orny Adams or Pete Carriali or Sam Triple E or Godfrey or, uh, there, there's just, uh, you know, Chris Rock and, you know, Kevin Hart's a good comic and there's just also some really good, there's some people doing some really good stuff right now, but a lot of times it's like, oh, it's like, it's like in back in the day when, uh, like Motley Crue made it and then everyone's like, oh, we got to find the next Motley Crue and then, <laughs> or then yeah, before that it was like Grand Halen and it was like Guns N' Roses, yeah, and Motley Crue and then. And it was like Poison and Cinderella. And before, you know, it was like, it was like caricatures of character of like, it was a copy of a copy. And by the time they got to like Nelson, it was like, okay, enough of this shit. 
you know. So, <laughs> and, and I feel like a lot, a lot of trends in, 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 in everything, it's music and comedy and art. It's like, okay, you know, I, it's like this works, so I, I have to find the next this. Yeah. It's like for a while, like Dane Cook was like the big hype, you know, everyone was, but then it was just, you just saw clones of Dane Cook. Right. And people were just doing Dane Cook, but not as good as Dane Cook. Well, so, you know, so, but whatever. That, that just happens in, I guess, in every, every art. Like, my kids like to watch, like, the Netflix specials with me, you know, the um, the comedy specials, and, like, you know, some of them get a little dirty, and I got to find a different one, but some, some of them I just don't get. I don't think they're very funny. And then the other ones, you know, the new thing now is everyone wants to, you know, right or left, I don't care which, but I, I don't watch comedy to, like, have people insert their politics, you know what I mean? For- oh, it's, it's, I know, and it's only one style of, of politics, too. Yeah. It's like, uh, I mean, every comic now is, like, you know, against guns, yeah. you know, and, um, which is fine. I mean, I, look, if, if it was up to me, you could just get rid of all the guns tomorrow and just like, said like, you know, abracadabra and there were no more guns. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Great. No more, everyone just forgot how to make guns or the gun parts <laughs> were guns. Unfortunately, that's not the situation. So it's a pretty complicated issue. Yeah. So to just be like, oh, well, we gotta get rid of guns. It's not that fucking easy. No. If it was that easy, the guns would be gone. Or maybe they wouldn't, but they would be that easy to get rid of it. It's not like a, you know, we, oh, we, you know, we, I have the cure for polio. <laughs> you know, now, now we could be, now there's a cure, you know? No, it's, I know. There's not really a cure for that. So it's just like, and it's just a lot of comics or actors, they just, they, just, they put everything into like, very black or white terms. It's not that easy. No, it's not. And, you know, we own guns. You know, I don't have a semi-automatic by any means. And, you know, we're safe with them. And, you know, they're all locked up and this and that. But I, I will say this. Head cases should not be able to get guns. Period. You know? and Right. Of course. But even, like, this guy, you know, wasn't a known head case. That's right. That, that guy. So, so that wouldn't even solve the situation. Yeah. yeah, obviously, if a guy comes in drooling with fucking a drawstick <laughs> on his forehead, you, like, don't give that guy a gun, yeah. you know? But well, if a guy has no criminal background, never been arrested, you know, yeah. uh, who's an accountant, you know, coming in, a, a retired accountant, you know, that guy, according to most, according to the standards, would be able to get a gun. So that's, it's just not that easy. Well, no, nobody needs a semi-automatic that can fire 200 rounds, you know what I mean? No, no. If, if, but if if that guy even went alone, I don't know. According to Pat Militich, uh, I think it's a little different. Like I do Pat Militich's timeline. He he uh, he he says there's, a, there's like three or four shooters and this and that. Oh Lord, I don't, I don't know. know. How do we even get on this? Holy shit! But yeah, that's crazy. I that's 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 disappointing. But all right. Anyway, back 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 to comedy. So I mean, that's all really solid advice. Now. I mean, you just recently got married. Congratulations, by the way. I, Thank you. I've, I've never seen somebody so excited to be called Mrs. Greenberg before. It was awesome. Oh, uh, she, yeah, she, she's sweet. Yeah, yeah she, she's awesome. So, like, I mean, she's got to be, like, used to you being on the road, I guess, because you guys dated for a while. Yeah, no, that's hard. That's the hardest part about marriage right now is, uh, number one, I have a text from, like, previous relationships. Oh. So... She has to kind of watch when I'm on the road, yeah. And uh, that that that's our, our biggest thing right now. I mean, it's gonna. I mean, it's kids would be harder. Usually, just but yeah. Um, so 
So that's the hard part. Is uh, I'm trying to like I have a couple TV shows right now that I'm trying to sell. One of them I don't want to jinx it, but looks pretty good. And then working on like three other ones. And if I sell them, I won't have to do the road as much because I can make money in town. The hardest part of a comic in LA or New York is right. making money in those towns because they just don't pay that much in the big cities because there's just so many comics out there. I mean, literally, like you know, you go to the improv, you see. Ray Romano, John Apatow, Adam Sandler, and Nick yeah. Olsen, you know, just just kid on like one show. Dane Cook, Russell Peters. So it's it's not like going to Springfield where you make some money, right? Uh, but that's for like the weekend. So it, you have to kind of find other ways to supplement your income, which is hard it, because the selling TV shows is hard and acting is it's hard to get acting. Guys. I mean, it's just. It's hard. That's uh, that's that's the, our, our like biggest issue right now is uh, it's just being closer together. But we're working on it. That's cool, and it's I mean marriage is tough anyway. So you know I, I'm on number yeah, exactly. two. So but it's been almost ten years. So I, I think I got this one right. <laughs> and I yeah, actually sure. I actually get along with my ex-wife. Actually, she works for me. That's a whole different story. So but you know we had a good relationship. I I see my older two kids pretty much whenever I want, and they they can come and go now. They're both in high school, so that worked out good. I mean, yeah, there you go. it's the it worked. Yeah, man, thanks, thanks. But um, so yeah, you had the most interesting MC I think I've ever seen in that Springfield show. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he was like the white Pookie from uh, New Jack City. Whenever you know he was in yeah the, in the room. He, he was like loud and like just yelling things. And I never seen that guy before. I told him he, the guy should do, he, he should do cartoons. <laughs> he he should. got a, like a very unique cartoon voice. You know, it, it, it was like uh, Tourette's a little bit too. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was a little strange. It was a little strange. But he, he, he seemed like a nice guy. He did. That, yeah, Blue Room comedy. I'm just I'm just joking here. Uh, so if if, yeah. if anyone picks this up, but I'll, I'll tell you what though, like. It was kind of a slower start, and comedy's comedy. Sometimes you have slower starts, and, and this and that. And I'm not talking about you, but like you know, you're you're leading up to to you, and then you just absolutely brought the room to a different level. You know what I mean? So that was you okay. know, of the third time I've seen you go, um, and that was, I mean, they were always good, but that was just a whole nother level, man. So oh, thanks, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've just been super focused. You know, I haven't been um. You know, I've just been super focused lately, and, uh, you know, it's easier not on Tinder fucking 12 hours a day, so <laughs> man, uh, yeah. definitely more, you know, I'm, I just, I have something to kind of work for, not just for me, but for my wife as well, and that helps. I, just, I just feel healthier, I lost 30 pounds, I just feel better, better about life right now, um, and I feel really good about my comedy where I'm at, you know, I'm just trying to like, like I'm making a documentary about my trip to China. I was in China and Mongolia. I was actually only the second comic ever to go to Mongolia from the U.S. to perform in Mongolia. So I'm doing like a little docu series. Just I'm writing this like script in, and I'm I, I you know I actually wrote it already and trying to get it made. And then some other show about a cruise ship and then trying to sell these like two TV shows. So just a lot of it is just while doing all those things, coming up with the material is the hard part. Being focused and sitting down and writing, but that's actually. It's been good. I mean, it's something that I definitely struggle with or every time I struggle with because it's like, yeah, you know, you can go to new towns all the time and find people that haven't heard your jokes, mm -hmm. but when you have that first hour on TV, like I'm actually recording a TV and doing a special in January, then I got to come up with a whole new hour. So I'm just trying to write as much as possible and just be as 
you know, funny as possible. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah, you look good too, man. It's amazing being healthy helps quite a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Eating healthy and living healthy is, is, helps a lot too. Getting sleep. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to be out like just trying to get laid every night, and <laughs> going to bed at like four in the morning, or whatever you know, yeah. six in the morning, and uh, you know, not even just a different lifestyle. I'm not saying it's bad. It's, no. It's fun, but it's, it's different. Well, I, I think of the stuff I did like when I was even thirty, and like. You know, before you know, in between marriages, I'm like fucking no fucking way I could do that. I don't even know how I did it, you know, and and did any any good at work whatsoever, you know. Well, they made it so much easier now to get laid because of like Tinder, Bumble, and all these apps. I mean, it's almost like you got to, but at the same time, it's uh, it's all like everybody's so disposable too. Yeah, it's like okay, oh, this doesn't work. Okay, no worries. The next. Yeah, you know, so it's, you have to kind of be careful. Huh? Everything becomes like a, everything becomes like a game. Well, you know, I got kids in high school, and sex isn't what it, uh, you know. Not to go on that tangent, but sex isn't what it was when I was in high school. You know, they they all treat it like it's just kind of casual. You know, it's so casual, yeah. Uh, and I think it's good though in some ways. Like, I think women are more, a lot more empowered now, where it's like if women want sex today, they basically tell you like, well. You know, like we're 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 getting late tonight, or you're, I'm gonna fuck you tonight. It's just yeah, it's a lot different. Yeah, I mean, kind of cool. Well, I got a question. So, like, you're you're performing in Springfield, Missouri. How in the fuck did they put you in Kansas City to fly into, man? Damn. Oh, they they didn't. That was my fault. Oh, because oh, uh, oh. a lot of times, like, sometimes that they'll, they'll pay for your airfare, but sometimes they won't. And yeah. this time they didn't. So I, uh, I went on like Expedia or something and found the cheapest ticket. And I, I just figured I, I didn't. I thought it was like an hour away. Yeah, it was three hours away. Yeah, that was a brutal trip. Damn. Yeah, because you had to like leave but, like a few hours after your show, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Oh, bummer. Yeah. Yeah. That was that, that was rough. Well, that shoot, was rough. Well, shoot, man. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, man, we've been. Geez, I guess. Going on three years. Oh, oh, there is one more question I had to ask you. Sure. <laughs> so I, I never did give you shit about this, but but one time I was listening to your podcast, the MMA Roasted Podcast, which is uh, that's I mean I maybe don't miss three podcasts, and that's the one I don't think I've missed a single one since I started listening to it. But thank, thank you, man. Thank but, you. But one time, uh, Greg Wilson asked you about uh doing a parody account i think you said something like parody accounts were like the lowest form of comedy man i, I, I just want to you remember that <laughs> yeah that was a mistake i i didn't mean it like that <laughs> it was, i didn't pretty did a parody of my account yeah uh and i was just pissed about that because uh because it the one thing that's like it, it could be done really well like to say john madden or the you know the the, the Dana Unleashed. i mean there, there's some yeah. parody accounts that are hilarious but there, there was somebody that was just like me, but they were just, just like, they obviously knew stuff about me. Yeah. And they were just saying horrible things. Like, it wasn't even, like, jokes. It was just, like, it was just shit about, like, I'm a fuck. This horrible, this, like, going to my childhood and just saying, just saying terrible things. Yeah. So I was, like, annoyed about that. Because, uh, like, hey, look, I'll, I'll never get mad at a joke. Yeah. If anybody makes a joke, even if it's about... You know, 9-11 or this or that. Or right. Whatever it is, if it's a joke and, and you tried to make a joke, I get it. You know, if there was a setup and a punchline or there was, if it was a joke. But if you're just like, you're just able to mistake that from like, just being like, you suck, LOL. Yeah. 
you know, and that's not really a joke. You're just saying you suck and writing LOL. You right, know? right, right. And, and that's, or they just like say mean things and they go, oh, this is, this is a joke. <laughs> like, no, there was no, there was no intent to make anyone laugh. It was just to hurt someone's feelings and be an asshole. No, I know. So it, that's really what, that's really what I was annoyed by. But uh, I, I so sorry if, if I didn't elaborate or, you know, no, no, make all it good. seem like that. Oh. All good. That was like three years ago. I had to give a shit about it. I, I meant to do it last time you were on. Uh, but like uh, anyone no on the podcast problem. knows, I, I do the. Uh, I know what I know what account you're talking about too. That was awful. Like he, he latched onto me and, and started sending me weird shit. And I just blocked him. But yeah, that that was an awful yeah. account. And you know, I've and the thing was, the thing was, is like they were using my picture, and then like yeah. tweeting out other people, and then putting like just like like it was like connecting to like porn sites or whatever. And yeah. people were like, what? Going at me, and going, why did you send me these naked pictures? I'm like, yeah. I have nothing. It was just weird, you know. Yeah, it was. Uh, that guy had some problems. I, uh, anyway, anyway, on the on the podcast knows like, I've been doing the. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Anyway. Yeah. No, no. I, like I've been doing the. Uh, anyone on the podcast knows I've been doing the Dana Unleashed account because I, I share that on the podcast. But like, I've never been mean. You know what I mean? I've never. I don't know. I, I just yeah, don't see I, the I, point. I, there are times that you make a joke and it's mean, but it's not. That's not the intent. Intent doesn't make people laugh. I think that's what people people uh, people confuse comedy for. They just think that like, oh, you're just saying mean shit and it's funny. But a lot of times it's like, no, the intent was to make you laugh. And if I miscalculated on that, then I'm sorry. Or I am sorry that you're offended. But right. it was not the intent wasn't just to like hurt someone's feelings. You know, sometimes people feelings do get hurt because they're victim to every joke. So it's sort of like. Inevitable that like some people might find the jokes funny, but that's not the intent. And then you have to kind of, you know, figure out like, okay, is is the juice worth the squeeze? You know, yep. it's like the, I know a comic that was making jokes about about the Vegas shooting like a minute after it happened. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe a couple people will laugh, but you're going to offend you know a hundred million. So is that is that is that worth it to you to get the two chuckles from the two idiots that would laugh at anything you say, basically? Yeah. So you kind of have to you kind of have to figure out what your what your end goal is, and then there are some people that are just they're just their end goal is to troll to see that people mad at them. Yeah. And if that's if that's what you want to do, that's how you want to send a tone. If they mad you, then that's fine. But that's not really that's never really like my intention. I just you know some people oh you do that, but no, I don't. No. Like, and 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 you know ninety nine point nine percent of the time at a comedy club at least, if I make a joke. Uh, or like a, a, a black joke or something, and the black people are laughing, and the white people are offended. It's just it, it's this whole new, you know, it's this whole new thing of like I'm offended for someone else. That, <laughs> that, that, that kind of kind of ruins comedy. It does ruin comedy, but like, I'm glad I actually I brought up the parody account. I was just kidding about that, but you made a really good point. You know, it's easy to be mean spirited, but. You know, that's just for a cheap laugh for maybe one or two people. You're hurting somebody. But then, like, you know, on the other hand, with, like, your MMA roaster account, you don't go joking about somebody getting knocked out. You know what I mean? And no, I, I don't. I, I definitely do not. And if, if I have in the past, it's like I've realized that I've hurt the person. And I go, okay, shit, that, that was, a, that was a, a gross miscalculation by me. Right. Um, so I don't do that. It's hard when I become friends with people, though, also. Even, like, Kevin Lee, who's been on my show 10,000 times. Yeah. Like, Shit, and then you kind of have to like figure out a way to make a joke without insulting the person who lost, and that's just a lot of times just classic misdirection of like, okay, make something else the punchline, uh, where everyone can laugh, and the person that got knocked out and lost isn't the part of the joke, and that just comes with time and and experience, 
And, you know, if you haven't done that, then you, you might get lucky once or twice, but right. a lot of times you're just going to end up, you know, burning a bridge or just pissing someone off. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, hey, man, on that note, um, thanks for the comedy advice. And, you know, if I don't go open a room tomorrow, maybe somebody else in this podcast can. And, <laughs> and uh, Aaron, anytime, man. Anytime. It's a pleasure doing your show. I'm happy to be a friend. I think you're a great guy. You're, you're, you're one of the good people out there. You're a great father, a great husband. Oh, thanks, man. Really, really funny writer. So uh, I'm happy to follow you on your journey. Hey, well, thank you, man. And thanks for making me laugh, like, all the time. I mean, you do. You make me laugh all the time. So that's awesome. Yeah, well, right back at you, man. <laughs> Hey, thanks, bud. Where, where can everyone find you? Uh, just go to adamhunter.com, and uh, my whole schedule is up there. Oh, sweet. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks. It's great talking to you, man. If uh, if, you, if you ever down a guest on the MMA Roasted podcast, you you can just butt dial or whatever you want to do, man. So Absolutely. All right, thanks, man. Take right. care. Thank you. Bye. Really? I, I just said butt dialed? Oh, boy. Oh, well. Uh, always good talking to Adam Hunter. Uh if you have not seen him live, I, I can't tell you enough. I've seen him three times now and I've seen other comedy acts as well. And, uh, it's a whole nother level. His crowd work is probably the best part, but his jokes are incredible also. And follow his MMA roasted account. It is jokes about mixed martial arts and more until next time. This is Aaron Weinbaum. Shalom. Please remember to support the podcast by visiting the affiliate links on AaronSaysWhat.com. Are you looking for a permanent home for your podcast? Spreaker can do it all. Spreaker will give you your own RSS feed that you can submit to other platforms, including iTunes. Spreaker's mobile app lets you record from your smartphone, or you can use their web-based console with everything you need to record. Their podcasting plans include being able to host multiple podcasts, no extra charge. Have a YouTube channel? Spreaker has that covered. Effortlessly upload your podcast audio to your channel. You can even move your current podcasts to Spreaker without losing your current iTunes subscribers. Try any plan for free for 30 days using promo code ASW.